channel my name is Diana Mavumiangwana and this is you okay welcome 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 back if you're a returning subscriber hello to you if you are joining us for the very first time guys thank you so so much for your warm reception to all of my guests we welcome the engagement we welcome the compliments we welcome the shares thank you I forever forever appreciate you and I've been bruised I have learned as you can see on the screen, today we are talking about the biggest thing that you guys have been inboxing me about. What actually happens in therapy? Why do people go to therapy? Is therapy a necessity? What actually happens inside when you are there? So I thought we are going to discuss that, address some of your frequently asked questions, maybe some of the myths and maybe some of the reasons behind the resistance why people don't like exploring therapy. Uh, I suppose the most popular place to begin at is what's the difference between counseling and therapy? This is what people are always asking me. Are people that are going to therapy the same are doing the same thing with the people that are going to counseling? They're used interchangeably. They typically almost the same thing. The only difference is that psychotherapy is provided by a psychologist and should be based on some scientific framework, some evidence-based way of practicing. But the act of delivering psychotherapy is counsel. A pastor would also offer counsel, a nurse would offer, offer counsel, a friend would offer counsel. So that act of providing that setup of being heard, of being listened to, of interacting verbally, offering insights is counsel. So counseling provided by whoever is that transaction. But basing it on a particular scientific ways of doing things, prescribed by a particular discipline would then be called a thing that belongs to that discipline. So psychology, psychotherapy is exactly that, provided by psychologists. And that's a good place to begin with unpacking what a therapy actually is. It is an evidence-based, I cannot stress this enough, it is an ev evidence-based, scientifically tested and tried way of addressing behavioral challenges, mental disorders, pathology, etc., etc. So this is the first thing that separates why would I go to a therapist in particular and not just my friend. Your friend would offer counsel. It's not tested anywhere. It's not even attuned to the nature of your problem. It hasn't been studied to, to work. We don't know if it's effective. We're just being there for you. This is why talking to your friends, talking to your loved ones is not therapy. Therapy, and you can ask this from your therapist, from what modality are you treating me from? What are we doing and why that strategy and why that technique? So therapy actually comprises of a couple of techniques that are based on some theories, based on some system of doing things that says for this particular problem, this is the proven solution. This is what we've observed over time about behavior. This is what has been tried to address those behavioral challenges and we've seen the most effective outcomes using this way. This has been over years, tried, tested, critiqued, come up with alternatives you know, to what has been critiqued and refined over time as a systematic way of addressing human behavior and all of its dynamics. So essentially that is what therapy is. What actually happens in therapy and why does it work? 
if you were to peep through a window, you know, between a therapist and their client, it looks like a conversation. It looks like this is just two people that are talking, and this is one of the ways in which people doubt the effecti effectiveness of therapy. They feel like, I don't really see how it addressed any of the burning issues, but the talking and how the talking is done is actually very technique-based, and when you have doubts, you can ask at the end of your session. So what were we doing today? And then if you're unsure about how it was achieved, then the therapist can offer insights into the techniques that when I asked you that, this is what it's called. So you can go back and do your own reading to verify if it's being delivered in the way that such a theory prescribes. So yes, it's not just a conversation, but it's designed to look that way and based on principles that work best when delivered conversationally. So when you go to therapy, it's likely to just look like two people talking over and over and over again. One of the things you know people resist the most about therapy is I suppose the declaration that I'm not coping on my own. I think this is the biggest heavy thing about seeking help. This is why I now have to seek another person. One that could be true, it could be a declaration of this is where I am limited and I'm trying to compensate by bringing an effective strategy to best deal with my problems. That alone is a declaration of how well attuned you are to your problems. That we as limitations the resources that I personally can go as far as that particular point. I think the best effective way and to make sure it is resolved thoroughly and I will identify, I will identify. This is the beautiful thing to delete resistance that you choose the therapist. You've chosen this way. It's not like you are the one that picked a solution and paired it to your problem and went to declare the problem yourself. And therapy requires your involvement. So even if therapy itself was the change, you brought about the change. One, by seeking therapy, and two, by bringing the issues to that space. Your therapist is the behavioral expert. They're not the expert of your life. You know your life best, and that autonomy will never be taken away from you. But this person knows the technique best, and the two of you in collaboration produce solutions. So the therapist can never fix your problems. Even when the problem is fixed, the credit does not belong to the therapist. It belongs to you because you picked that strategy. So that's resistance number one. That if in exam. Of course you do. And other people that solve their problems use different systems and different methods. And therapy is one of them. So that is your way of solving your problem on your own, with your own money, with your own time, with your own collaboration. So it's not a declaration of helplessness. In fact it's quite active and it's a display of agency. Another big resistance towards therapy is the fact that psychology in its nature is Western. So it feels like, mm, and they've previously been successful at resolving their issues using their own systems. And this comes from the belief of not understanding how rapidly the profession has evolved. Psychology has African therapists. Psychology has African ways of dealing with problems. I work in that. I predominantly see very culturally bound kind of problems and the solutions rest in the cultural systems themselves. So in a way of enhancing coping and ex extracting effective strategies from the client's life, you fetch it from their system, you fetch it from their belief 
um, kind of orientation. So there's contextually relevant ways of addressing pathology. We've accounted for this in our diagnostic manuals, we've accounted for this in our therapeutic strategies. So the discipline may have originated in very Western ideologies, but ways of dealing with problems, one, depend on the problem itself, and secondly, on the context of the person that has the problem. So we're not going to whitewash you. We're not going to tell you white things, you know, and solutions of doing things. And the other thing people downplay is that you can say to your therapist, that particular thing, I tried it, it doesn't work for me. And I, I suppose there's nothing wrong with being Western in particular. There's aspects of behavior that are also universal. And there's aspects of behavior that tend to be context specific. So even the Western side of psychology isn't entirely ineffective for non-Western populations because something about pathology, human suffering, has universal aspects because the shared thing here is that these are humans. And whereas we, when we interact with things that require context-specific solutions, that's exactly what we provide. This is why we encourage ongoing research, ongoing data production, you know, on populations that best represent who we serve, so we can continue learning effective and acute ways of doing things. You know, another biggest form of resistance towards therapy is, I suppose, pain avoidance and confrontation. They don't want to talk about those things. They don't want to face that particular thing. I've moved on, etc, etc. And two ways I generally respond to this is one, therapy is systematic. It's not this aggressive approach of delivering things that will hurt you while you are not ready to absorb the pain. Therapy is courteous. You know, your therapist understands where you are in the journey. What is the comfortable entry point for your kind of profile? When is the right time to deliver things that may not lend well with your emotions? And when have you will, will you develop, you know, I suppose a foundation and an, an ego strength that can take painful feedback? So most people are like, and I don't want to think that about my mom. This comes from my dad, and me and my dad are cool. I don't want anyone to criticize my dad. People are just not willing to entertain parts about themselves and about people that they love that can be cast in a negative light and in a bad way. Therapy is ethical. You know, it's based on the principle of non-maleficence, do no harm. Nobody wants to uproot your beliefs and then overwhelm you with these new belief systems and analysis about your people. <coughs> Generally, the therapist will build a structural foundation inside of you first before they deliver things that could hurt that foundation. So you will be able to take it. The therapist will make sure that by the time there's negative feedback that could cause dissonance and discomfort in your thinking, they will have made resources to deal with that collapse. Another second thing is, I suppose, childhood resistance, that why do we need to talk about something that happened when I was 10? This is my problem today. And this is what I want to sort out today. This is a myth. Not all psychological modalities rest on childhood script and analysis. There's ways of doing psychotherapy that rely on those modalities. And if that's where your injuries are, then of course we're going to talk about that. But not everyone who presents, you know, we need to ask about your childhood history. You know, in fact, you can even declare this when you're coming in, that I know I've got childhood problems, but that's actually not why I'm here. I'm here to deal with my phobia. I'm here to deal, you know, with my ineffective ways of sorting maybe my time management, 
and boundary setting and whatever and whatever. You can indicate to your therapist that I've got multiple problems, but I don't need your help in all of them. So not everything that we do will fetch your childhood data. In fact, some theories are against that entirely. So also depending on the school of thought your therapist subscribes to you, they may not even touch on your childhood. Yes, we may have an awareness of some of these issues, but you declare why you are here. You declare what you are needing help with. For tonight, we see you for an hour. We don't try to deal with all of your problems. It's impossible to deal with all of your problems. We hope in that one hour we'll have offered you solutions that can spill over and infer to other parts of your life, even if those parts will never make it to therapy. So I suppose when you want to hide things or when you're not comfortable sharing things, you're scared to go to therapy because you don't want to talk about that thing. Therapy is effective even in the parts of your life you never spoke about. I've been seeing my therapist for years. There's just information about who I am that has never made it to that space, but has undergone profound transformation from the lessons that she taught me about other things. Because ultimately, here, the common denominator is me. Dim mona upete into any problem. So whatever she teaches me, whatever I learn and transform under, spills over to the other areas of my life, whether those areas were the subject of the therapy or not. Your therapist doesn't want to know everything about you. It's also impossible to know everything about you. Your therapist wants to deliver ways that your therapist's training has taught them that is effective for dealing with presentation X and Y and you can take that and go apply in your life as and when you see fit. Your therapist can teach you something cool and you are allowed to reject it. Just for perspective to say, I know that it works, I'm not ready to apply it in my life right now. Or I know that it works, it's not the only thing that works, and go try it with other things. I suppose another common thing is I'm going to change. I'm full of change, I'm right at all doing People are, are change resistant. You know, every experience that has happened to you is a formation of your personality. The chances of you changing are slim to none. Are slim to none. You're not going to change, you're going to grow. You're going to expand. You're going to be innovative. But the fundamental nature of who you are is unlikely to change without your permission and autonomy. So even if you do change, it's not the therapist that did that. It's you. They can't force you and be like, then take always and So you're not necessarily going to change because of the therapy itself. You're going to have insight, and insight will always give you autonomy and freedom. Now that I know that, what do I want to do about that information? in my life. It's like a deeply, deeply rooted tree. No matter how many offshoot branches therapy is going to give you, the tree itself is not going to change. Why do people go to therapy? People go to therapy, one, for treatment when they are sick. That I am ill, it's a psychological problem, and psychology is the best suited treatment way to deal with that problem. So for your post-traumatic stress disorders, for your depressive episodes, therapy is sometimes the prescribed treatment. Or what you are dealing with as an adjunct to medication sometimes and sometimes in isolation that psychotherapy is the best thing to deal with that repair is also another reason why people go to therapy that i'm injured i've suffered pain and i want to repair that i want to mend i want to overcome and i don't know how to and therapy can be that therapy can also be for development so i suppose this deletes the myth that there's something needs to be wrong with you before you go to therapy. People go to therapy for ongoing development, that I'm good. I want to add to how good I am. You know, it's perspective. 
it saves time. This is why I continue to go. I'm able to solve my problems on my own. I am a psychologist after all. The same thing that the therapist is practicing is the same thing that I know. But how much time it takes for me to gain perspective about my own pain is brief and done in 50 minutes, you know, in psychotherapy. And I need that benefit because my life is very cluttered and needs, you know, I suppose extra time. So if I can get myself extra time by spending less time in dysfunction, of course I'll take that. It's also a very nice box to shelve the things that are going on in your life. So sometimes therapy just offers you emotional language, emotional vocabulary. To say it isn't was a haphazard. It's like boxes are, are, are just unclosed and stuff is spilling over from that one to that one. And therapy is that packaging. Which one is the trauma? Okay, there in that box. Which one is the current distress? There in that box. Which one is your personality? There in that box. Which one is the trigger? There in that box. Which one is lack of boundaries? And, 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 and. And stuff just stays layered where it belongs. And that gives me clarity of thought to focus on what I need to focus on. Because isn't was it like a shield. So therapy can be that exercise. That so much happened. And I felt so much. And I'm going through so much. And stuff is just all over. It gives me perspective, focus, and clarity you cannot imagine. It also gives me this nice calm way of knowing I've got a time to deal with my problems and that time will not be now. So it helps me deal better with presenting profound problems, knowing I'm not avoiding that crisis, I'm not avoiding the distress that I'm sustaining, but on a Wednesday at 10 o'clock I'm going to go deal with it. And after that 10 o'clock is done, go 11, we are shutting it and I'm going to live my life. So it becomes a, I suppose a declutter that, okay, bring the microscope, what the hell is going on here? You know, and we look and we look and we look, we identify what's going on, I understand it, I'm good. We close it and I go live my life. So that I isn't going to open the Pandora's box. I know sometimes people don't want to go there like, hey, I just will never come back from that hole. No. Your therapist will never make you walk out of the door who uncontained. We are cranked up between the song next week and you can go live the other days not touching that problem at all. But most importantly, therapy teaches. People know what to do. The transformation of getting there and swimming through that gulf is tiresome, frightening, and therapy is a holding of hand to say this is who you are and where you are. That's where you are trying to get to. This is the space in between. It's rusties, it's glass, it's a lot of effort, and alone you are unlikely to make it to the other side. And therapy is collaboration to say, I know where the off-ramps are. I know where the speed humps are. I'm an effective driver. I'm here to tell you when to slow down, when to escalate, when to accelerate, when to pause, and I'm gonna do it with you. So some people's dysfunction is dark and complex and difficult. And therapy is that torch that says, left, you're going to bump there. Right, you're taking it this way. Or that one that says, you're almost there. One more step. When you get tired, when you get overwhelmed, they're like, okay, breathe. I'm going to sit here in the dark with you. One more step. One more step. And people that have pathology will tell you, navigating past that pathology is a dark process. It helps if someone is a guidance and a map and a navigator. Essentially, therapy is navigation. That's what it's been for me. It's been navigation to just say, where am I? What's the fastest route to get there? When do I stop? When do I reroute? What can I do when I'm stuck? Etc. Etc. It has taught me 
the best parts about myself, what hit those parts has been deleted, what clouded some of my brilliance came down, it was washing off the windshield therapy for me. It was learning the combination password to unlock the best of my potential. So sometimes people go exactly for that, for effectiveness, for enhanced coping, for added resources in their tool basket. This is especially true for people that have a lot to deal with. And I suppose for sometimes, whatever it is that you are dealing with. So go for your own reason. What's the structure? The structure is up to you. Sometimes people use it on a needs-to basis that I go when I have a crisis. We talk about the crisis, I gain perspective, and I go apply what I learned in other areas of my life. Some people go routinely, consistently, that okay, for what I have, I want to see you at the same time every week up until I've reached a certain place where I can do this without you. Some people go inevitably that I'm walking a life journey and this is an important relationship that benefits me and I'm gonna keep it. And they go, Abana Frequency 18. Some people go that I'm here, I've got six sessions to do this with you, I would like to start with problem X, Y, Z and after that I'm not coming back. It doesn't mean I no longer have problems. I'm hoping that which I will learn in health Asia will then equip me for whatever problems I'm gonna encounter. So some people go once a month. Some people go for a couple of times and never return. Some people only present when there is a need. People are principals in their own lives. To say, this is when I need you. This is when I don't need you. This is the part of my journey I want to walk alone. So therapy is in this thing, but Wednesday. And you can ask for the kind of problem I have. Is there a prescribed frequency in which I should be doing this? Sometimes I see my clients calculating and when they leave, I don't say, when am I going to see you again? You know, the last question we typically ask is, would you like another appointment or are you going to call? The therapist says, oh, God, guys, if we never see you again, we never see you again. And that's okay. It's not like Dick Jongengala eyes. Believe it or not, people trust you. People trust that you know what's best for your own life. There's parts about your life I will never know. People trust your autonomy, you know, that you know what's best for you. And even when you choose what's not best for you, it's what you've chosen, it's your choice. And that therapy isn't the only way to learn. It's a good way to learn, but it's not the only way insight develops. So I don't have beef with you if you choose other ways. And then pair those ways with the ways that I taught you. Oh, good man, I'm here for your coping. I want you to cope. How best you decide that next time, that concoction, is up to you. I, I don't have the arrogance that... I bring the ultimate solution. You know, if you don't come get the solution for me, you're going to suffer for the rest of your life. There's friendships. There's a spiritual beliefs. There's your own internal coping resources. And then there's me. You know, you mix it dosage of which one do you use the most according to the heartbeat and the rhythm of your own life. But yes, I encourage it. It's a beautiful space to be in. I go to therapy because... I deserve the relationship. It's something that I want to have. It gives me perspective and it saves me a lot of time. It makes me function at my best in other areas of my life. And I'm going to take that. I believe I deserve good experiences and therapy is a good experience for me. It also makes me experience other areas of my life really, really well. But most importantly, it's also an act of responsibility. I can't continue to act in ways that hurt people and do nothing about it. That's careless. So when I learn as I grow how I'm injured, how I'm ineffective, how I drop the ball, 
it's responsibility to say I'm not comfortable with causing damage as I go along. It's taking accountability that I will work on the parts of myself that injure others. And most importantly, it's a gift to my projects, it's a gift to my purpose, and it's a gift to the people that I love. That when I undergo that process, my hands are more capable of holding my purpose and my vision. I'm a better lover, I'm a better friend, I'm a better mom, and people that I love deserve that. They deserve those experiences. And that's why I go to therapy. And I suppose because I'm a psychologist, it adds to be on the other chair. It makes me a good therapist. And why wouldn't I take that? But you can go for different reasons. To learn emotional language, to cope with distress, to sit in distress and learn that it isn't going to kill you in the presence of someone that is safe, to heal if you're sick, to get treated if you're unwell, or just to grow and develop if you're in a good place and just want to get better. So essentially, that's what it is. You don't have to go, but it helps a great deal if you do go and you've got a voice in the therapy. You can say what works, you can say what you need and what you don't need, and it's supposed to be evidence-based. So I hope you're not just having basic conversations with your therapist. That's not how it's supposed to go. A non-judgmental space, a space that is on your side. This is the nice thing about psychotherapy. Someone who doesn't know your mom or your dad just cares about you and you alone and meeting your needs. And sometimes you wanna do that, check in with you. It's an audit, it's emotional housekeeping. It is whatever you need. So I wish you beautiful psychotherapeutic journeys. If you are in therapy, I wish you courage to eventually face the journey if you've been contemplating it. Uh, it helps a great deal. And me, I will continue to go so that I can be at my best to give this to you. It gives me energy, it gives me perspective, it gives me wisdom. And I pray that you know you are in safe hands where you are and that it gives you the same thing. Thank you so, so much for continuing to support me. And I will see you in the next Tuesday. No matter what I've done, I know just what to do. That's all because of you.